Monday night. And here we go. Hello and welcome into a special edition of the Moose and Roots podcast. Matt, I don't know if we're going to throw a number on this one. Let's just call it 18.5. It is our college and pro football prediction special coming at you off the top rope on a Friday afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, dial in, folks, because we're about to make some bold predictions that you can hold our toes to the fire a couple months from now and tell us how stupid and wrong we actually were. Join now by the Nestradamus himself. Matthew Rooney, how are we doing on a Friday? You know, I, I woke up this morning, stepped outside. to you know, my, my laundry machines are outside here, so I went outside to, to, to start a load of laundry, and it, it just smelled like football in the air. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's like low 60s, little crisp, little crisp little in the crisp. air, a little breeze. Just smelled like fall and smelled like football, and it couldn't be more fitting given last night's uh, you know college football season opening action. I don't really count the first week uh, that we had last weekend. That's, that's preseason, preseason mm-hmm. for all of us, even the gamblers. Um, you know, so, so last night was it. Last night was week one, really, and, and we I, I, I liked what we saw. As did I. It was uh, a dominating second half by the Ohio State Buckeyes. I know a lot of the uh, the gamblers, as you mentioned, sweated out that 21. Our friends um, in the desert. Our friends in the desert did get to that number, and it was uh, an interesting first half by Indiana, to say the least. They looked like there were some pieces there that they can move forward with, but... Uh, we're not going to so much as break it down today as we are going to make some predictions, Matt. Do you have your list of teams, your bold predictions ready for the good people of the Moose and Roots podcast? Job, I've been I've been ready for hours. I've been ever since we decided we wanted to do this show, I've been ready to do this show. Beautiful. Well, we're going to break it down for you here. Uh, we're going to do some Big Ten predictions, East and West, Big Ten Championship. Then we're going to talk college football playoff, then jump into a, a little bit of NFL predictions, some NFC North, some NFC AFC matchups. Uh, we're going to pick a Heisman. We're going to pick a national champion. We're going to pick a Super Bowl champion, Matt. And then we're going to hold ourselves to these predictions as we realize how wrong we actually were. You ready to get into it? I'm born ready, Joe. Let's do it. All right, let's kick things off, Matt, in the Big Ten Conference. Let's go West first. Now, the talent might not be what it is in the East, but I think that makes things even tougher to pick. I think if you're forecasting a winner here, it could come from any one of three, maybe even four teams. Matt, who do you have coming away with the Big Ten West division title? Um, you know, I'm going to go Wisconsin. Uh, okay. I, I'm high on the Badgers this year. I know um, if, if you got any listeners out in Lincoln, I'll apologize to them and apologize to you. I know you're, <laughs> you're, you're a Nebraska guy, but, uh, you know, I, I think Wisconsin's got an easier schedule this year. Uh, they, they don't have many crossover games that, that worry me too much other than Michigan towards the end. Uh, they got a lot of returning players coming back. I, I really like the Badgers. They just, under Paul Chris, they seem to play really good, sound, fundamental football no matter who they play. And that's what wins games in the Big Ten. So I, yeah. I, I'm high on Wisconsin. Matt, Wisconsin is a great pick there in the Big Ten West. Um, kind of being dialed into the West here and w- what people are talking about, Wisconsin is the team to beat. I'm not picking Northwestern, but watch out for the Wildcats as a sleeper in this division. I think Northwestern can make some noise this year, but not enough noise to knock off the Badgers. I am also predicting the Badgers to win the Big Ten West. Uh, you, you said it, Matt. That schedule is really favorable. They have Northwestern at home. They have Michigan at home. They get Iowa at home. Their toughest road test is really Nebraska, coming here to Lincoln on the road. And uh, 
after a tough, hard-fought overtime win at home last year against Nebraska. This is going to be one with a lot of bad blood, a lot of memories on both sides of the ball, but I think that uh, Nebraska had a little bit more attrition in terms of seniors and graduation than Wisconsin did. I think Wisconsin comes in here to Lincoln, and they take care of business. So I am also going with the Wisconsin Badgers to win the Big Ten West. And I, I'll, I'll promise you, we're not going to agree on everything here, but I think the West is one in Madison. I, I am glad, though, you brought up Northwestern because, I, like you said, I don't think they're going to win the division, but they do have what nobody else really has in that division. That's a dynamic quarterback. Uh, yeah. I know uh, Hornybrook's coming back for Wisconsin. He's a solid player, but I wouldn't call him you know, an elite potential quarterback. No. Clayton Thorson had a really under-the-radar good year last year, and he I know he's at the Manning passing camp this summer. He's only improving, only getting better. And those Northwestern teams, every you know five or six years when they kind of put something together and make a run at a at a Big Ten title, that they usually have that quarterback. So so watch. I, I like your your watch out for them. Not that I'm going to pick them over Wisconsin, but it wouldn't shock me if they make a little bit of a run. Yeah, make a little bit of a run. And anytime you have Justin Jackson in the backfield, you have a chance. If that offensive line can get him a little space to run, uh, that combined with Clayton Thorson's, as you said, dynamic abilities, that really does make Northwestern a tough team. But it all boils down to the schedule. you got to go to Wisconsin, and then back-to-back you get Penn State at home. Then you got Iowa at home, Michigan State. You come here to Nebraska. So a little bit of a tougher test for Northwestern this season in terms of schedule. The hill might be a little too steep to climb, but look out for the purple. Go Cats, go. Hashtag go Cats. Let's take it over to the east side. Uh, definitely some more talent here. Your Ohio States, your Michigans, your Penn States. Uh, definitely a couple teams to choose from. I'll lead us off here. After what we saw last night, some people might say, you know, the Buckeyes, what are they? Are they this? Are they that? You can never judge a team off of one half of football week one. So throw out the first half. We're kind of feeling things out. In the second half, you saw their speed. You saw their big playability. And you saw the suffocating defense that they have. Those guys were coming up, meeting guys at the line of scrimmage, hitting people. I understand it's only Indiana, but I think it's Ohio State in a runaway. Not to say Penn State's performance last year was a fluke or was anything uh, fake or anything like that, but I don't think they have a, an encore performance. And in terms of Michigan there in the East, it's going to come down to Ohio State-Michigan, and it's going to be a blast. And if it's anything like it was last year, man, are we going to enjoy it. But I think that the Buckeyes come out here with the Big Ten East Championship. I'm with you on Ohio State. Um, I do think Penn State is going to – I think I'm a little bit higher on Penn State this year than you are. I think they they were legit last year and they were a little bit of the real deal. But Ohio State's got them at home in that midseason game, and that, that that's a revenge game for those guys. They're, even though they made the playoffs regardless last year, I, I doubt they forgot that they lost that. That game didn't get the chance to go out and win the Big Ten. So I think that is a revenge game for those guys. As far as the Michigan game – Mm-hmm. From what I've, I'm, I'm not the the biggest Michigan fan. I think everybody knows that. But from what I've talked to, from a few of my friends of mine who are, they, they've kind of said this might be not a down year for Michigan, but lost a lot of talent last year. This might be a little bit of a regrouping year, where next year might be kind of their year to make some noise. So I do, I do think Ohio State takes care of business in that game too. But I, I like you. I, I don't see them losing a uh, a conference game this year. I think they're going to run that table till the Big Ten championship game. So, Matt, we're, we're looking at it right now, a Big Ten championship game of Ohio State and Wisconsin. Uh, we, we both have it pretty chalk here, both favorites in, in each side of the Big Ten. 
give it to me, Matt. Who is your champion? Because I think this is well, where well, here's we what separate. I'll say. Why don't Why don't we go with our college football playoff team? Because I think both of us agree that our winner of the Big Ten championship will be in that college football playoff. Absolutely. So you want to go? You want to go straight to the final four I would, uh, I predictions say, here? Unless it's up to you, but I think let's let's take this right into the college football playoff prediction. All right, let, let's jump into the college football playoff. Then I'm going to give you my top two seeds in the college football playoff. At at my one seed, I think that um, we see a a renaissance of sorts. Not not that there needs to be, but I think we see Alabama reach an even higher stratosphere this year, and I think we're going to see the early tastes of it on Saturday night against Florida State. Everyone's billing this as one of the bigger games. I think Alabama comes out of there with at least a two-touchdown victory over Florida State, and I think that leads them into the rest of their schedule, an SEC championship, and perhaps an undefeated season. I have them as my one seed in the college football playoff. At my two seed is my Big Ten champion, and I'm going to go Ohio State on this. I am high on the Buckeyes this year. They have a lot of great senior leadership combined with some ridiculous freshman talent, some true freshman talent there in the backfield. I think they have the makings of a national championship team, and I think Urban Meyer doesn't like to lose. I think that Urban Meyer is hungry for a win. I think Urban Meyer is the best coach in college football, and I will say that above Nick Saban. That's a whole other conversation, but I think the, perfect, get into that. I think the perfect combination of Nick Saban, young talent, and senior leadership – brings Ohio State into the college football playoff? Well, I are, we're going to agree on our one seat. Um, okay. I, I got Alabama. Uh, I do think with you, like you, I, I think they do take care of business against Florida State. I'm not sure I'm going to go as heavy as two touchdowns, but th- these first games of the year, it, it, you play you know college football too as well. You, you're, you're in camp. You know what it's like. The offense always takes a little bit longer to get where they need to be than the defense, it always seems like. Mm-hmm. And I know Florida State's – I know uh, – DeAndre Francois is an experienced quarterback, but he's also just a sophomore, and he's getting thrown in against, you know, the best defense in the country and incredibly talented front seven, secondary, all that stuff. So, so I don't see things going all that well for Florida State. Mm-hmm. I think it is closer than two touchdowns, but I think Alabama takes care of business in that one. Um, I absolutely love Bo Scarborough. Oh, I think he, he had. If he doesn't get hurt last year, I think Alabama's going trying to repeat as national champions this year but that's again and, not another and, story but I, I, their their running game with Hertz taking another year another year of experience and now probably being a little bit better passer too I think their running game is just going to take off because of those two absolutely Matt and surprisingly enough in looking at a lot of these Heisman watch lists Scarborough's a name that doesn't show up and, I, and I'm not sure why I think he's a guy that if he can't stay healthy then at the end of the season will be right in that conversation I couldn't agree with you more. And then, like you said, we differ on our Big Ten champ. I'm going to go with the Badgers. Um, Ohio State does have that really talented defense, but Wisconsin's never had a problem winning low-scoring games. And the thing that worries me about Ohio State is that in these bigger games, even last night to an extent, their play calling, ever since Tom Herman left, I've never really been too big of a fan of it. It always seems incredibly conservative. And JT Barrett, as well as he runs the ball, I have trouble seeing him being able to beat you with his arm against a team like was bad, not bad teams, but lesser teams than Wisconsin, maybe. But I think Wisconsin always has a great defense. I think they'll be able to to handle the the Ohio State run. If JT Barrett's going to be forced to beat them with his arm, I don't. I, I like Wisconsin's chances in that one. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin as my uh, as my Big Ten champ there. 
Yeah, we we did JT Baird, especially in the first half, in terms of uh, accuracy and getting getting his ball, getting the ball on guys. Uh, his guys didn't do him any favors there. We saw a couple. No, of not passes, at all. But he. But he, I, he I definitely understand great. what you're saying. Yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. All right, Matt. So you have the Wisconsin Badgers winning the Big Ten championship, and I have the Ohio State Buckeyes. Write it in stone. We will revisit this in about three months. One of us could point at the other and say, ha-ha, you were wrong. Or we could both point at each other and say, man, we look dumb. Um, I think it's going to be that one. It could be that one, yeah. So, Matt, well, well, that poses a good question. If it's not one of those two teams, I guess I picked Northwestern as my my Big Ten West sleeper. But who is your Big Ten overall sleeper, a team that you wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a Big Ten championship? Oh, man, that's a good question. you know, it, it, it's tough for me to really pick a sleeper. I think at, before last night, I might have given you Minnesota, mm-hmm. but they kind of looked terrible last night against Buffalo. I think they won, what, like 17-7 or something like that? It wasn't all yeah, that close. Yeah, it wasn't a dominating win. I mean, it, it, it's hard to I, – I think there's four teams in the Big Ten who can win the conference. I think that's mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. And so it, or not, Yeah, Wisconsin, I'm sorry. So it, it's hard to pick a sleeper, but I might I, – is Penn State a sleeper? Because I think they're probably seen as I think they the team still with cons- the fourth. But I know they're sixth in the country and all that. But I think if you ask somebody today, if you gave them those four teams, they'd probably say Penn State has the fourth best chance to win the Big Ten. They're a uh, they're a Tommy Fleetwood sleeper. You know, okay. not a yeah. bi- not not the name recognition of Ohio State, but uh, ranking wise, they're still up there. That that's a. That's a, a reference for all of you devout Moose and Runes podcast listeners. Right? <laughs> I, got, I got a feeling since you brought up the question, you got a sleeper in mind. Yeah, and as, as much as it pains me to say this, um, there has been some turnover there, but I think Michigan is oh. trending in the right direction. And I'm not going to let my personal biases oh. get in the way of picking a, a decent sleeper. If they can win against Ohio State, I think the sky is the limit for Michigan. So they're going to be my sleeper in the big time. I'll just say this now. I will always let my personal biases get in the way of my <laughs> predictions. I, I, will, I make that promise to you and to all of our many loyal listeners. That's why I love you, Matt. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've, we've made our predictions here. College football playoff. Uh, oh, we need our back end. We need our back end. Come on, We Joe. need our back end. Okay, it's not so just the you... national championship game now. we got two I'm... more. I'm going to give you my back end of my college football playoff. So I currently have Alabama sitting at one. I have Ohio State sitting at two. And then in no definitive order, I'm going to have Oklahoma and USC coming in at three and four. I think that quarterback play uh, really (coughs) catapults both of those teams into the college football playoff. If Oklahoma is going to make it to this college football playoff, to this final four, it's going to be on the hands and the feet of Baker Mayfield. Same goes for USC. Sam Darnold, everyone's talking about him being uh, an NFL prospect, you know, got to work with the throwing motion a little bit, but having all the tools, all the intangibles, we saw what he did in the Rose Bowl last year, putting up 60-something points. I think that Sam Darnold continues right where he left off, and uh, SC, as trendy of a pick as that is right now, SC ends up in that college football playoff. So I, I, I actually like both of those picks. I didn't make either of them, uh, but I, I, did, I did flirt with, with taking both those teams. Uh, I am, I'm actually, again, going to go – I think it's going to come down to a conference championship game, and again, I'm going to go the opposite side with you. I'm going to take Oklahoma State because okay. I, think, I, think I think it'll be Bedlam in the, the Big 12 championship game, which they now have, which I think is going to be awesome. They, um, they, had to, they had to do that. They, they did. And, no, they, or they're just going to be watching from the outside in for the exactly. rest of Exactly, and I, I, if – it looks like we probably should. If I get to watch Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play two times in a year, I'm going to be happy. I think Oklahoma State takes care of business in that. 
I'm very high on them this year. I was even before last night. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I really like Mason Rudolph. I think I think that offense has a lot coming back. Um, I, I'm I'm very excited to watch what they can do this year. So I got them making a run to the college football playoff, and then I'm also I'm going to go with Florida State. Um, I think they they do lose that opener to Alabama, but after that, I, I think they weather the storm. Their offense starts to hit its stride, and I, I think they come out and win that ACC. That, okay. that, that one's a pretty simple pick for me. I think their offense is good, and their defense is, is always going to be good over there. So Sounds good, and I think that uh, with the current format, it being a four-team format in the Big 12 now having that championship game, it just furthers the conversation towards when is this going to be an eight-team playoff because I think we're going to be in the situation again where you might have one undefeated team and five one-loss teams and someone's getting left out. Can I pose my, my ideal scenario for the college football playoff? I'd love to hear because it. Because I, I, I like eight better than four, but I also think eight's a little much. My, mm-hmm. pro- my proposition is you go to a six-team playoff. You give the one and two seeds a bye. That gives you incentive to try and go out and win your conference, be that number one or two. And then you play the center, the quarterfinal games, you know, three versus six, four versus five, mm-hmm. on college campuses. So I know there's not enough money in that, so it'll never be that way, and they'll, yeah. they'll have them in neutral site games. But wouldn't that be awesome to actually have incentive to go out and be a three or a four as compared to four or five? And then for a college football quarterfinal game, we get Ohio State at Florida State. Yeah, wouldn't that? Be, uh, yeah. I, I think and the NFL. That's how the NFL does their playoff scenario. That seems to work out all right for them. I know it'll never happen, but that's that's my dream scenario. Yeah, you see, it's it's got to make it's got to make sense before it makes sense, Matt. So I think that while that is a, a fun idea, and I do I'm on board with it right now. I like the idea of the bye week too for the one and two. I think there should be more incentive to be a number one or to, number two seed because to if be you're a one or two, if if you have that 18 playoff, what what does it matter if I'm 13 and 0 in number one, or mm-hmm. you know, 11 and 2 in number eight. Who cares? Uh, I'm in the playoffs. The difference is that if you're 13 and 0, you get to play possibly an eight and two, seven and three football team. Yeah, but you're still in. I mean, that that yes. and you just got to no, get. I, there. I get what you're saying. Incentivize that one spot. That uh, yeah. that makes sense. But then you also have a committee choosing who, if you have two two undefeated teams or three undefeated teams, then you have the committee choosing the seating and essentially gifting someone a. A, a ticket to the next round. True, but at the same point, as long as the committee's choosing, we're always going to have arguments over who deserves it. There's, there's never going to be one year where it's clear-cut, these are the four that should be. There's always going to be a fifth or a sixth team somebody says should be in. Yes, there is, Matt. And one committee that I think is going to have a tough time this year as well is the Heisman Committee, Matt. A lot of talented players this year in uh, in across the NCAA uh, landscape, and we're going to sit here and we're going to uh, from our armchairs, make our Heisman predictions. Matt, I'm going to let you lead us off. Who is your Heisman frontrunner? Uh, I'm going to go, and it only aids my my in my pick because of his performance last night, but I'm going to go with Mason Rudolph. Um, I, I told you I was really high on Oklahoma State. Um, I'm not just saying that I have some, some time-stamped text messages from before last night to prove it. I'm not just hopping on the bandwagon. <laughs> but I, I love their offense. I, I, they've always been fun to watch. The Big 12 is a high-scoring league. It always, I mean, the last few years it's, it's been no defense played at all whatsoever. So I think he's going to be able to take advantage of that. He's got such talent around him at receiver and, and so many weapons on that offense. I, I think Mason Rudolph goes ahead and wins the Heisman. You got Mason Rudolph, Matt, and I think that for many of the same reasons, receiver talent, uh, style of play, I'm going with Sam Darnold. And as as you made your point, I've been beating the Sam Darnold drum since that Rose Bowl last year. And, and his big arm, big play, so. big play ability, absolutely. And a lot of 
Uh, a lot of people are already picking him apart like he's an NFL quarterback. He's going to be at one time or another. But uh, I think that Sam Darnold's going to gonna make a run at some records this year in terms of passing yards. I think that this USC offense is going to be absolute fireworks play after play. And I think it's going to be a case almost where Lamar Jackson's numbers were last year in terms of touchdowns and rushing yards. I think that you're going to see some uh, some really out-of-this-world passing numbers from Sam Darnold that are too much to to ignore when it comes down to uh, this Heisman vote. And it, it does come down to the voters, and the voters love quarterback play. I mean, yeah. It's always fun to see a running back dominate. but It's got to be a dominant effort from another A dominant running back and a dominant quarterback look completely different on the football field. My sleeper for the Heisman is a running back, and I'm going to say Nick Chubb comes in two or three in okay. the, uh, in the I, Heisman I, vote. I, like that I think it's going to be a big season for, for the Georgia tailback. I like that pick a lot. I guess I, I kind of mentioned it already, but my sleeper is I'm going to go outside of the, the quarterback position. I'm going to go with Bo Scarborough, I, I think. Okay. He, he's, he, he has that Derrick Henry type ability where he can be good enough. And I don't think there's going to be a quarterback with a down year, but if there, there are a couple of these highly touted quarterbacks who aren't quite as good living up to the hype, you may see a running back steal it and no better than an Alabama running back. Alabama. Roll down tide. Roll tide. <laughs> All right, Matter. Um, well, let's let's transition to the professional game here. Um, let's talk a little bit of uh, a little bit of NFL football. Let's talk a little NFC North. We're going to start things off with Matt. Our Bears look like they took another injury yesterday. Victor Cruz, some sort of knee issue. Uh, the wheels are, are coming off before, before the season even starts. Ask me if and, I'm worried. And with that being said, Matt, NFC North champion. Uh, you, I'm, I'm, I'm making you say it because I have the same answer. It's going to be the Packers. It's, it is. I mean, it's not, they're, they're going to win the division. No one else is really even that good. The Lions are going to go, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven. The Vikings are going to go eight and eight. The Bears are going to challenge them and go eleven and five, but the Packers will finish up twelve and four. Honestly, it's <laughs> no the Bears. The Bears will not go eleven and five. I, I want to. I, yeah, they slipped that one by me because I was just thinking it's probably the least competitive division or one of the least competitive divisions in football right now. I actually do think uh, they're not going to win the division, but I think the Bears could be that surprise team in the NFC North because there's always a not worse to first but a worse to you know surprise team in the NFL that kind of comes out of nowhere and I think the Bears do have the potential to be it because of what you said it's, it's not the strongest division outside of Green Bay and both games against Minnesota and Detroit I think are going to be very winnable games mm-hmm. uh, so, so I, I could see them you know finishing second in that division I don't think they'll quite be ready to compete for the wild card because I think the NFC is really strong this year but I, yeah. I, I think they could surprise some people and, and have a good year yeah, man, I agree with you uh, that that I think the the Green Bay Packers are just too talented of a roster. You get Jordy Nelson back. Uh, a Rodge is is free and clear of any uh, mental inhibitions that may have came come along with his relationship last season. Uh, oh God! As, well, as much as he said that that wasn't an issue um, in a preseason interview this year, uh, he kind of uh, tipped his hand and showed his cards a little bit that there were some things. Uh, some scrutiny from the outside in that was affecting him. He, he really was, it wasn't necessarily his relationship that was giving him the trouble, but the analyzation of his relationship week to week and how that was affecting his game ended up affecting his game is what uh, I took I feel, from his comments. I feel so badly for him. Either way, I think you got a, an Aaron Rodgers who's ready to win and uh, who's hungry again. I hate him, but I love watching him play the game. And uh, I think that the Green Bay Packers 
win the NFC North uh, in a in a landslide, Matt. Uh, I am with you, uh, and unfortunately. All right, well, we're going to jump right ahead. We're not going to break down each division here NFL-wise, but we are going to give you, as we did on the NCAA side, our final four. We're going to give you an NFC championship matchup and an AFC championship matchup. Matt, I'm going to let you dealer's choice. Where would you like to start? I'm going to start with the AFC. Um, Okay. I have a feeling this might be a little chalk. I think we might both both go the same way here, but uh, I, I can't be certain. I, I know we're both going to take the Patriots to be there. They're always there. Um, yep. I think they're going to be hosting the AFC Championship, and I think they're going to host the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Um, Marshawn Lynch, I think, is going to be a huge help in that offense. I think Derek Carr is in elite. I think he's in that elite quarterback category now. Um, their defense is a little bit suspect, but I think it's getting better, and they have that elite pass rusher in Khalil Mack. So I, I, I loved them last year to make a run to the AFC Championship game before Carr had that unfortunate injury. So I, I think they get back to to where they should have been last year. I think they, they go with the Patriots in New England in the AFC Championship game. Matt, uh, I, I agree with the fact that the game will be held in Foxborough, as it usually is. You can just pencil it in before yeah. the season starts. But I have Patriots-Texans. Okay. I think that, I think that the Houston Texans – powered by their defense, kind of the complete opposite of the Oakland Raiders, are going to end up in the AFC Championship game. Uh, now, whether or not they make that switch to Deshaun Watson. That was going to be my uh, question. Do you have Deshaun when, Watson quarterback? When they team? make that move, whether it's a two-quarterback effort, um, it really didn't seem to phase them last season. And, and I think that this season, if they can stick with a guy and really get behind someone on the offense, all they have to do is be serviceable. Because that defense is so strong, because their linebacker play is going to be so strong, and because J.J. Watt hopefully can be healthy for the rest of the season. Um, I hate to romanticize it or Disney it at all, but they have more than enough reason to go out there and make a run at things now. A lot of times you do see uh, cities gather around a team in times of need, and I think that the Houston Texans provide that perfect point of pride for the people of Houston to gather around and have them have a really solid season. I think that the season does end in Foxborough, but I think it's Houston versus the Patriots in the AFC Championship. I like that pick too. Um, I just that was probably my other pick outside of Oakland. It's just I, I think I went the other way. You went because their defense. I went against them because mm-hmm. their quarterback play is just so unsure. I like Deshaun Watson, but a rookie quarterback in the playoffs, it, it's just hard to yeah invest a lot into that. So I, I think I, they're going to make a nice it. run. I think they're going to win a lot of football games this year. I just don't see them making it that far in the playoffs yet. All righty, Matt, let's go NFC Championship. I'll lead us off here. Uh, we already spoke about them, but uh, I guess I'm going to say it again. I have us re-racking the 2016 NFC Championship. I'm looking at Green Bay taking on Dallas in the NFC Championship. Okay. Okay, you think Dallas? I mean, I'm worried about Dallas because I don't know what's going to happen with Zeke Elliott. I think that Dallas is another team that has the ability, has the depth to survive whatever attrition may come yes it is a big uh, distraction but if you want to talk distractions the Patriots dealt with it just fine so if this is going to be another institutional distraction uh, involving Zeke Elliott then then that could be an issue but if you're going to put your chips anywhere put it behind the Dallas offensive line that's I guess my my thought process here you know I love offensive line play more than just about anybody in the world Dallas <laughs> does that better than just about anybody in the world but my my I guess my issue with them or worry is that you said the Patriots dealt with it just fine well well, Dallas is not the Patriots nobody's the Patriots the Patriots have the greatest coach to probably ever coach football 
I, I don't think Jason Garrett is the same. The Patriots have a very, not elite defense, but very good defense. Dallas does not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to struggle to do so because I think that division is just really, really good. Uh, yeah. I think you got literally four teams in that division who would not surprise me if they won it. Um, my NFC championship game, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I, I think you see them kind of get back to where they were two years ago. Uh, I love Christian McCaffrey in that offense, and I think Curtis Samuel they drafted as well. I think they got a lot more weapons. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the New York Giants as well. Uh, I, I love their defense. Uh, their receiving core is fantastic. I don't know. I don't remember who their running back is, but it's never really seemed to matter with them. They're like the Saints. They usually have three guys who are all pretty serviceable. Mm-hmm. And I know Eli likes to throw some interceptions, but he's also a guy who has been there, knows how to go on the road in the playoffs and win. So I'm, I'm going to go with those two teams. Eli will put himself in a position where they have to win six games to end the season, and he'll do and it. He'll and do it. Be, and yeah. they'll be the hottest team going into Because that's what Eli does. <laughs> he forgets that he's a professional, and then he goes out and wins football games. None of us went with the Seattle Seahawks in our NFC Championship. That's a little surprising. Yeah, I think they're just in flux. I think that they're a team that uh, really, really had an identity for such a long time for that five-year stretch. Their identity was to just punch you in the mouth, let you back up, and punch you in the mouth again. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think they're that football team anymore. I think that they're a team who's still, again, looking for an identity. Uh, I, I think I kind of agree with there too. It's just there, there's so much talent again. I mean, with the amount of talent on that roster, either way, you would think one of us would at least have them making it that far. It was just a little bit surprising to me that neither of us uh, settled on them. But yeah, not complaining, just an observation. It's what I. Do. All right, Matt. So you're looking at Carolina, New York Football Giants, and I'm looking at Green Bay, Dallas. I'll give you my Super Bowl matchup pick, and it's going to pain my heart again. But I think we're looking at a Green Bay. New England Super Bowl. You, th- you think Green Bay goes and gets Dallas in the playoffs twice in a row? I think they do. And mm-hmm. I think that it's something that um, ends up being a thorn in Dallas's side. But I think that especially if that game's at Lambeau uh, in the playoffs in zero degrees, no one deals with that better than Aaron Rodgers and a Thermal Henley. And yeah, think- but you know what zero degrees in that cold weather in the playoffs is best for? Defense. Running the football. <laughs> yeah. Run the football. I'm pounding my table as I say it. Run the football. And like you said, nobody does that better than Dallas. Sorry. Yep. All right. Well, uh, nonetheless, I'm going New England Green Bay in a Super Bowl matchup. I also have New England. Uh, big shocker. Uh, and I'm going to go with Carolina. Um, I, I, I'm really – probably blow up in my face, but I'm high on them getting back to where they, they were a couple years ago. I think their defense is still really good. Uh, I think Cam has a bounce back here. I, I think they take down the Giants. All right. Um, so I also think have... they'll have the home game in that game because, like you said, I think the Giants will be one of those win five in a row to sneak in at the end. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna warn our fans here. I don't know how you're gonna pick, but uh, sorry for the lack of uh, of nuanced. Um, uh, the, Patri- the Patriots are gonna win. The, the Super Patriots Bowl. are gonna win the Super Bowl. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, I think that we're seeing Tom Brady in his latter years here, and I've never seen an athlete with the ability to will himself and the team around him to be great, to win championships. And I think that Tom, now he says he wants to play until he's 76 years old or whatever it may be. I I don't doubt that he could. I think Tom sees the writing on the wall, and I think Tom has a number in his head of the seasons he's going to play. 
And I think that a Tom Brady with an idea in the back of his head that, hey, I only get three more, four more go-arounds at this thing has an even heightened sense of desire to win a championship. And not to say that Tom Brady needs any more reason, but I think that his focus, and we've seen it, has grown over the last few seasons, and I think we're just going to see an increased focus. Yes, it's tough that Julian Edelman goes down, but that has never proven to be an issue for Tom Brady. He makes his targets greater. He raises people's level. Here's, here's a little fancy tip for you. Go get the Hogan kid because he's going to have a breakout season because he has to, okay? That, that's just what Tom Brady does, and I think that Tom Brady's will is going to bring the Pats to another Super Bowl champion. So you, co- you covered the intangible aspect for, for us. I'll, I'll take the tangible. Give me the, give me the tangible. Um, Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, physically, not just the intangibles. Tangibly, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And the, the Patriots won the Super Bowl last year. Granted, the Super Bowl itself wasn't actually easy, but they got there pretty easily last year. Mm-hmm. And what did they do in the offseason? Oh, they just went out and added one of the best cover corners on the market. Yep. And they traded for a top receiver in the NFL and Brandon Cooks, who is going to absolutely – what he can do in that offense with his speed almost reminds me of what Randy Moss did in that offense when they set all those records and went undefeated until the I was going to say, like, who's – Who's a more dynamic target than Brandon Cooks that there Tom isn't. Brady's there, ever thrown to other than it's Randy. Randy Moss? That, that's it. Yeah. He's, he, like the Patriot, I, Julian Edelman hurts. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's a very good wide receiver, but he's not an elite wide receiver. If he's not, he's on not Patri- indispensable. Yeah, if he's not on the Patriots, I, he's not. He doesn't have the career that he's having. Brandon Cooks is fi- the Patriots finally went out and got Tom Brady an elite caliber receiver in Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks hasn't quite reached that potential yet. But I think he can in New England because if he can't in New England, there's nowhere he can. Yeah, but I, I, they brought pretty much everybody back from last year, and they only got better. So I, I think it's theirs. So we both have the New England Patriots as our Super Bowl champion. Really exciting stuff. <laughs> Thank you for listening, folks. We just uh, came on a large decrescendo to end the podcast here. We, but you want, we, we can do, take some MVPs if you want to. I'm sure we'll differ say, there. Before, before we do uh, close up the podcast – MVP, NFL MVP, kind of a award that has lost some luster over the last few years. I don't know. I think we get so enthralled in the matchups and in the games more than any other league that the NFL MVP kind of always gets brushed to the wayside. A little bit. Like who who was it? Matt Ryan last year? I, I think so, yeah. The regular se- regular yeah, season was Matt Ryan. Remember. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. Give me your give me your NFL MVP. Well, it's gonna come down to two names. Um, it's going to be either Jay Cutler or Mitch Trubisky. I haven't decided (laughs) where I'm now. Actually, though, uh, I'm going to go Derek Carr. Um, If he can stay healthy this year, they got so many weapons on that offense, and having a a running back the caliber of Marshawn Lynch in the backfield is only going to help the passing game as well. I love that offense. I love what they can do. I don't think they play in the toughest of divisions. I I, I think uh, it's Derek Carr's coming out party this year. All right, well, I'm going to give you my – my prediction with a caveat, um, if Zeke can hold this appeal or have something happen to where he doesn't miss six games or misses less than two games, I think that Ezekiel Elliott is your NFL MVP. But in the current situation with the current suspension being levied, I'm going with Smiling Tom. I think Tom Brady is a, uh, Not a, bad is, pick. Is a safe pick is a guy who always has his team in the conversation, which always goes to help your individual pursuits. And I think that um, 
the sports writers and the people who vote on this and the people who make these decisions and the people around the league also understand that our Tom Brady clock is ticking. And, man, let's celebrate this guy while he's here. So I think Tom Brady is your uh, NFL MVP, your Super Bowl MVP, your Super Bowl champion, and quite possibly the greatest everything. football player to ever step on the field. I I find it hard to find any – or I find it difficult finding any flaws in that logic, Joe. And, Matt, uh, I'm looking at this here now. You're, you you just shot me a text. I did. Uh, did, we, did we not pick We did champions? not. We, 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 we did didn't not pick, pick a national champion. Champions. We just picked our playoff game. Okay, well, that, that was a cliffhanger there. Uh, really so let the people – Think we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to our uh, to our final fours and pick who our champion is. So I have the matchups being the one and the two would obviously be on opposite sides. So it's Bama versus Oklahoma, Ohio State versus USC. I have an Ohio State Alabama championship with the Buckeyes winning the national championship. I'm high on the Buckeyes. I I can tell. I got. I'm still deciding between uh, I got between Florida State and Wisconsin in that other semifinal game. I think Alabama beats Oklahoma State. Um, Alabama, the only offenses they seem to have problems with are you know the spreads with the running quarterback, and as good as Mason Rudolph is, I, I don't think he's that. So I think Alabama wins that game, and I'm I'm gonna say the season ends like it began uh, with an Alabama Florida State matchup. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say for the second straight year, Alabama comes up just short in the national championship game. I'm going to, I'm going to say Florida state gets their revenge, Florida state over Alabama. I like the pick. They're talented, man. They got a lot of talent on that team. I like like the narrative you built there. game that starts game that ends. That's good stuff. I learned, I learned from you, Joe. I learned that. That's just, that's just great stuff, Matt. Um, before we say goodbye here, Matt, any other just out of pocket predictions, anything that you think we're going to see in, uh, either, college football or professional football as we get kickoff underway here, uh, well, yesterday, but uh, as a whole here on Saturday. Oh, man, you're throwing me on the spot here. Uh, yeah, you, what do you got? You got well, a obviously gem I'm, for the people? Obviously, I'm going to be keeping an eye out on my Irish. Um, I mm-hmm. think we have a nice bounce back here. I, I, not, I don't think they challenge for the college football playoff. but I think How many they, wins? You know, I, I was actually looking at the schedule this morning. I, I think there's eight I'm pretty comfortable with on there, and then they got uh, – USC, who I don't think they win, but they got them at home. You never know what can happen there. Uh, they're at Stanford, which will be a tough game, but that's almost always a close game. Home against Georgia, and then they're at Miami. I think those are four tough games for the obviously tough games, but I, I do think they find a way to win one of those four, maybe two. I, I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of talent on that team still, no matter how bad last year went. But I, I'm going to go 9-3. and three. Um, I think 9-3, nine nine and three. Brian Kelly saves his job. Yeah, I like that number. Um, I'm looking at it here. Uh, so you're giving them losses against Georgia, loss against SC, and where's your where's your third loss coming? I think Miami, they lose Miami at, or Stanford. I think they lose at Stanford. Um, Stanford. Stanford's. I, I, Stanford is a team that always seems to finish strong. And I think they're gonna. I think they lose that first game at USC early on, and uh-huh. then I think they they kind of finish strong and end up beating USC in a Pac-12 championship game. And and you know they'll play an unnecessarily close game at North Carolina and mm-hmm. against the NC State. That's oh, there's going to be do. a ton of nail biters in there that shouldn't <laughs> be nail biters, but that's just Notre Dame football, unfortunately. I, I like that. I like that call, Matt, at nine and three uh, for for our Fighting Irish. Um, if I want to give us a little bit of uh, a peek into the Husker football season, I don't know how interested our viewers are in that, but uh, I predicted the Huskers uh, on air. I predicted them 
eight and four. So I'm sticking to my eight and four call. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good season for the Huskers. Um, it's gonna be a learning season. They have a completely new defensive scheme under Bob Diaco, who's regarded to be one of the best defensive minds in college football. But there will be some growing pains in going to the three four. You have a lot of four three recruits and players trying to play into the three four kind of fit in a square peg into a round hole, if you will, and I think that's going to trip them up a little bit. You are going to see some of the best quarterback play in the entire nation out of Tanner Lee. I've been around this guy now for about four or five months. You've been big on him for a while now. He's a, he's a professional, and he's a professional in everything he does, in his leadership, in his ability, in his arm strength, in his approach, in his footwork, um, in the way he deals with the media. He's already a professional, and he is a talented guy that you guys are going to hear a lot out of. If this offense can give him time and keep him upright in the pocket, he's going to be one of the best talents in the entire country. And he's going to be a guy that they're talking about playing on Sundays because I know there's already been a lot of murmurs coming out of the Manning passing camp about him and things of that sort. But Tanner Lee is going to be a guy to really keep your eye on as this season progresses. The schedule, not the easiest in the world, right there smack in the middle. You get uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State back-to-back, both here at Memorial Stadium. But uh, it doesn't matter if you play those games on the moon. I think that those are two tough teams that uh, that just back-to-back could really be murderers row and turn the schedule the wrong way. So it's going to be a fun season here in, in Husker land, and we will definitely keep you guys up to speed on it. But keep your eyes out for that kid, number 13, Tanner Lee, is going to be something special. Now, before, before we wrap up here, one more thing, because you put me on the spot a little bit, so I'm going to put okay. you on the spot here a little bit. I'm best, I'm best when I'm ad-libbing, out of the pocket. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> our, uh, our, our alma mater, Joe, Ooh. the Illinois Wesleyan Fighting Titans. Uh-huh. They, they open up with a, uh, with a real tough one at home this, this weekend uh, against Wisconsin Whitewater. I'll give you time to, to type it out on the uh, on the internet there and pick <laughs> up the schedule. Do you hear me typing? I hear the look typing. At the <laughs> I quietly did that while you were answering your Nebraska question, so nobody could hear me. I'm okay. I'm stealth like that. I'm also. I just brought I'm, up the academic calendar first. So I'm also talking enough to build. You give you enough time where you can pull it up, and we have a nice smooth transition here. But if I want I want to you... see your pick for the Titans here. I want to. They, they got some tough games this year. They, they they go at North Central at Wheaton. It's one of those years. That, that that's tough sledding for anybody, let alone the Titans. Okay, so are we counting our win in Japan here, or no? That's a, that's an uh, exhibition. Norm, that's counts an exhibition. It. Norm counts. Okay, it. so we got Excuse one. Me, Coach win. Ash counts it. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got an eight-win season for the for the okay. Titans. I, I, I like think the they, Titans. I think they hold to, serve at home this year, other than that that first week. Sorry, guys. I like I like the Titans to lose too early. I think they open up one and two. Uh, Whitewater, and then North Central Week 3. So there's really no time to to feel things out, figure out who you are. Um, they are playing Nebraska Wesleyan University, who last season they came here to Nebraska Wesleyan. I got to see the boys. Uh, it, it was fun, but this year it's going to be in Bloomington at Tucci. Um, but, yeah, I think they dropped those two early to Whitewater and North Central. You get your marquee win uh, at Wheaton, and then you kind of take care of the middle half of the schedule there. Augustana, Carroll, Carthage, Elmers, Milliken, all winnable games. And Carthage like, is Carthage. Uh, Carthage is Carthage. Carthage has always been Carthage. Um, <laughs> Sorry, and, we'll, we'll quit with the inside jokes. You don't have to go to Carthage either, which uh, That's always which nice. Is, Weird things happen up there. Yeah, it's uh, it's never what you want it to be up there. I think Carthage, I make the same but, prediction uh, as you, though. I think they lose two out of three to begin. I think, I think they steal one on the road and, at Wheaton, finally. And uh, and run the rest, run the table the rest of the way. 
we uh we will be watching our Titans closely as they do uh make their bid at another playoff run and another CCIW championship hopefully. So best of luck to the Illinois Wesleyan Titans and all of the teams getting underway here in the next few days. It's football season, Matt, and I could not be happier. We've waited and waited. We've talked. We've lamented over what could be, and it is finally here. How do you feel? You know, um, I asked you to bring it up before the podcast, and you didn't, so I'm going to have to you know, pump my own tires here, but I'm feeling pretty good. I went three for three <laughs> last night. After, oh, okay. Um, you, you wanted you wanted to be able to brag about your betting prowess. After after, after suffering a couple preseason losses uh, last weekend, uh, it's preseason for all of us. Um, I, I recovered very strong last night, much like Ohio State did in the second half. Thanks, Buckeyes. And uh, I went three for three. Had a real nice night. Uh, you so got that's any what I'm act- for? What? Uh, how many are how many are the Titans getting here in week one against Whitewater? Oh man, I... <laughs> no com- no comment. No comment. No comment on that one. Boy, Just sorry. pound the over. Just pound, pound the, over. the over. That's a great. That's uh, that, that's my gambling on Titans Whitewater. Pound the over, guys. All right, matter. Well, that was a blast. That was our preseason prediction special. Thanks for tuning in on a Friday or whenever you may be listening. Moose and Runes podcast. Hey, and I listeners. think I, I think if this goes well too, and we get some 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 good viewership, some good feedback. This won't be an every week thing, but if there's some some big weeks in college or some big yeah. weeks in the pros, I don't think we'll be afraid to uh, to drop another Friday, you know, weekend preview, something like that, and uh, just just have a football dedicated podcast because I know we could talk about go on another hour or two if we really wanted to. We could, uh, I'm sure at a certain point in the season, we could do a Notre Dame podcast with tears in our eyes. So uh, that, that, might be the, that might be the case. Tears of joy, yes. Oh, yeah, tears of joy. All right, Matt. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in at Moose and Moose Podcast listeners. Uh, send us some of your predictions, what you think we were right on, what you think we were wrong on, who you think your sleeper is, your Heisman vote. That's at Moose and Runes on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Hit the like button on SoundCloud as well. Anything you can do. We love the support. We love your viewership. Thanks for listening, Moose and Runes Podcast, to this Moose and Runes Podcast episode. Let's call it 18.5, the prediction special. Hold us to these predictions later on in the season. We will talk to you at our normal time on Monday coming up this following week. Enjoy all the football this weekend, folks. Don't you leave that couch. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. We'll talk to you on Monday. See you Monday. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome.